stuck in 10 a.m. traffic, Vikas sat with his palm across his face. He hoped nobody recognized him. The party logo plastered across the rare windshield of the car he was sent made him uncomfortable. Not uncomfortable enough to take the train instead. He finished the sandwich he'd grabbed before running out of the house. It had been a manic morning. Now, he had the long ride to compose himself. The first thing he did was to reach over to his belt, slung across the backpack on the seat beside him. He finally had the time to put it on. He'd gone to bed at 11pm the previous night, completely sober. When the alarm went off in the morning, he didn't feel as fresh as he had expected. It was difficult to tell how many hours of sleep he got in between all the tossing and turning. His gaze wandered across the city flashing by him. He held his hand in front of his face with his palm facing downwards. His fingers trembled. Vikas noticed the driver looking his way in the rearview mirror. Their eyes met once, but the driver looked away instantly. From their limited interaction, Mithun, the driver, seemed prompt and polite. Vikas didn't question his behaviour. The car reeked of balm. It was obviously the bruises across his face that drew the driver's curiosity. I fell down some stairs, he told his doctor the previous day. The same doctor he'd been seeing since the first vaccination shots as a baby. They both knew it was a lie. The man was nice enough to avoid any follow-up questions. He merely wrote out a prescription that included some painkillers. The driver had the radio on. Vikas didn't pay attention to it. Make sure you sign a contract, his father had told him when he'd given his parents an account of the events at the CM's house. He fudged the details to make it seem like a simple job offer. He was quick to point out that a contract would be no good if things went wrong. There was no real possibility of taking a sitting CM to court. Vikas felt like he was coming to terms with his situation. He had decided to commit to it wholeheartedly. Use the opportunity to create the best campaign he possibly could. If Anirudh was right about the doors that might open, this was truly a unique opportunity. Like most people, what made him anxious was the unknown. How would he fit into a political party? What would their office look like? Who would he have to work with? When Vikas arrived, the watchman was quick to swing the gate open. No questions were asked and the car rolled into the compound. From all the banners and insignia, it was clear that the entire complex comprised mainly of offices for the party. The car came to a halt in front of a building that stood out drastically from the rest in the compound. Its modern, reflective glass facade was in stark contrast to the older buildings around it. The party had probably owned the complex since its construction. This building seemed like the most recent addition. Vikas stood in front of the impressive entrance to the lobby. Across the compound, at the end of the row of parked cars, he spotted a familiar black vehicle. Four men stood beside it. They were looking at him, grinning. He recognised one of them. Pritham stood in mock attention and raised his arm in a salute. The rest of them sniggered. I'm here to see Anirudh, Vikas said. The inside of the building was even more impressive than the outside. He placed both hands on the glass that covered the reception desk. The man at the desk made a call. Third floor, sir, he said. When the elevator doors opened on the third floor, a lanky man with perfectly round spectacles was waiting for him.
Good morning, Mr. Das. This way, please, he said. He held out an identity card. Vikas slipped it into his pocket. It would be better if you wore it around your neck, said the man. He directed Vikas to a room. He walked two steps behind Vikas the whole way. The office wasn't what Vikas had expected. The workstations were comfortably spaced. They didn't have the clutter commonplace at most advertising agencies. The computer seemed to be relevant and not some outdated technology. For some reason, he expected them to have floppy drives. He noticed the elaborate internet routers tucked neatly into a transparent cabinet mounted on the wall. Definitely not ancient. Anirudh sat in a chair with his back to the door when Vikas walked into the room. The younger man sitting across from him looked up. Vikas did not need an introduction to guess who this was. Come in, Vikas. Please meet Parag Tare, Anirudh said, getting to his feet. Parag was slouched in his chair. He sprang to his feet. He put the leather case he was holding on the table beside him. The sunglasses that belonged in the case hung from his T-shirt. He shook hands with Vikas. The case, along with his cell phone and car keys, already on the table, would not have fit into the slender pockets of his well-fitted trousers. The trousers seemed like they would not move an inch, even if someone tugged at them. Yet they were held up by a sleek leather belt. It bore no markings on it, but for the small brand it needed to warrant the hefty price tag it probably carried. Nice to meet you. I have been looking forward to this, Parag said. Nice to meet you too, Vikas responded. Welcome to your new office, Anirudh said. He seemed to have more to say but was interrupted. I know it's not as cool as you might have hoped. I have an interior designer coming in to look at the place soon. At some point, let's sit and see what we can do with this place. At least the section we will be using, Parag said. He spoke quickly. Look, I understand you aren't happy about how this happened, but let's move forward, man. I'm really glad to have you on my team. Let's do some good work. I really love the Treasure Island campaign. Would love to hear some of your ideas. Vikas wondered if the flutter of words was just excitement or just the norm for Parag. Thank you. I really don't have any ideas for decor. In fact, I don't have any ideas for the campaign either. To be very honest, I'm not sure what kind of campaign you need. So, I would love to talk to you guys about a brief first. Vikas said. Why don't we pace ourselves? It's his first day here. Parag, why don't we let Vikas settle in? Let him see his cabin. We can schedule a time and start with a brief. Through the day, we will introduce him to the team, Anirudh said. His deliberate tone was in sharp contrast to Parag's. Vikas was amused by how he drained in all of Parag's enthusiasm. Anirudh led them through a corridor. He stopped in front of a door and held it open. This one's yours, he said. Vikas walked through the door to find a bulky wooden desk in the centre of the room. Despite its size, the room around it looked spacious. The drapes were open. Streaks of sunlight came in through the floor-to-ceiling windows towering over the desk. A comfortable sofa sat by the wall. It was the only other large piece of furniture in the room. The desk looked well used. It had few marks on it from objects that probably sat on it for a long time. The tall chair behind the desk seemed new. Its leather backrest showed no signs of use. 
Vikas put his backpack on the desk and pulled out his laptop. What do you think? Anirudh said. Looks good. Let's get to it, Vikas said. He found an electrical socket for his charger. Are you sure you don't need anything else? Anirudh said. He pointed to a buzzer at the far end of the table. Just tap it if you need any coffee, food or someone to run errands. Mishra will come and help you. Tomorrow I will ask someone to come and install a desk phone. Won't be necessary. I'm fine. Let's just put it in place. Your team might need to get in touch with you and it's easier to dial an extension than calling your cell phone. We shall have a list of extensions for you as well. Sure. Let's get to it. The three of them settled down. Parag sat on the sofa, Anirudh pulled out a chair and sat across from Vikas. The campaign we are looking for is something slightly out of the ordinary, especially as far as political campaigns are concerned, Anirudh said. Vikas took notes. Over the years he had learned not to take phrases like out of the box, out of the ordinary, something different and the like at face value, especially when they are part of a brief. Inevitably, the people giving the brief were unaware of the risks involved with the ideas that were off the beaten path. There was a reason the path was beaten. When it came to allocating resources to an unconventional thought, hasty U-turns were made to something far less risky. Akshay used to call it advertising's dirty little secret. Most work wasn't created with the objective of making something great. It was created within a framework that could be easily justified in case something went wrong. CYA. Cover your ass. It was an early lesson that stuck. Parag is only just entering the world of politics. We are sure that he will face a lot of criticism and most of it will focus on his lack of experience in politics. It is already too late to get him involved with grassroots level bodies and our youth wing. We would like to create a campaign that shows him as a bold, out-of-the-box thinker and more importantly, as a young leader capable of bringing real change. We need to show people that he is the one that will shake up the system. The reason we brought you in for this campaign is exactly that. Our people are really good at carrying forward the legacy built by the CM, but we need something completely different for Parag. Something diametrically opposite to the messaging style the party uses for its senior leaders. We need his appeal to stretch across to people who are fed up with the political system. Show them new ideas that inspire them to participate in the democratic process. Make them go to vote because here is a candidate that is different and one they can relate to. Can you tell me a little bit about the manifesto and what kind of policy changes you're looking to bring in? Let me stop you right there, Vikas. This is exactly what we want to avoid. We don't want to campaign based on what we want to achieve. We want to work on building out a personality that people relate to. We want to make it about a driven, educated young man who represents the youth of the country. For a moment, Vikas wondered how this spoiled South Bombay brat would have any means to relate to the youth of the country. He dismissed the thought. It wasn't his job. His job was guided by a brief. Anything past the horizon of the brief wasn't his problem. Look, don't take this the wrong way, but the way I see it, the only way I will be able to forge real policy is if the people trust me as a person. We know big changes are required, but making big changes and getting them passed is extremely difficult. I need people to trust me. Let's focus on portraying the traits that help them trust me. Make my opinion a representation of what they want. 
If that happens, we can push any manifesto through and actually deliver. Let's try something different from the old promises of more water, less unemployment. Let's make young people believe in the system again, Parag said. So how out of the box are you thinking this campaign needs to be? I mean, you go too far out. There is a chance you might not hit your regular vote bank. That's where the election will be won, won't it? The masses won't relate to this new age messaging you're looking at. I mean, targeting people that don't vote is a really tough way to win an election, Vikas said. Vikas, I believe we have your confidence, so I will be candid. This information cannot leave this room. Our mandate for you is not to win us this election. Please do not set your goals around the outcome of this round of polling. What I would rather you focus on is building a personal brand for Parag. Whatever the outcome, this is how he will be perceived in the world of politics. I would like you to look at it more like an image-building campaign. I assure you, your responsibilities in no way relate to how well he does in the polling. It is just about the image. We are looking at a long career for him in politics and there will be plenty of elections to be won. It's just that we only get one shot at a first impression. But of course, you know I can still win the election with a campaign like the one Anirudh is talking about. It will be such a groundbreaking event, Parag said. Vikas will focus on the campaign we want. We will worry about who wins when we sit with the party leadership, Anirudh said to Parag. Would it be possible for you to capture this in an email for me? I'm a little concerned when such liberal briefs come in. They tend to pivot when the pressure gets turned on. I would only like to ensure that we don't work towards something and the entire amount of work gets scrapped and we have to start all over, Vikas said. Unfortunately, you will have to depend on my word for now. I assure you that I have no pressure from above as far as this is concerned. I would like to just make sure that Barak gets a decent amount of publicity and recognition out of this. As far as that is concerned, we would need you to excel. The campaign needs to catch eyeballs, get people talking about it and stir up the social media conversation. Those things you shall be held accountable for, Anirudh responded. Don't worry, you have an easy job. Just make me look cool. It can't be hard. Vikas wasn't sure if Parag was joking. So, to answer your question, push the boundaries as far as you like, as long as the image you portray is strong, distinct and memorable, Anirudh concluded. The day moved along quickly. Vikas's body was still adjusting. With no time to acclimatize, the shift away from his languid lifestyle was jarring. Anirudh and Parag had left his cabin. He sat alone and thought about his pending meeting with the team he was going to be working with. He felt sure he didn't want to make any friends. These people were going to be his colleagues. That was the only kind of relationship he was willing to commit to. Achieving his goals didn't have to involve social obligations. It was 2 p.m. Vikas walked out of his cabin and looked around. Almost all the desks were vacant. People had gathered around two tables without any computers on them. Their lunch boxes were laid out on the tables. They picked up food out of each other's boxes over loud conversation. Nothing about it appealed to Vikas. Quickly, he walked in the opposite direction. The door in front of him had no signage on it, not even a symbol for men or women. When he pushed it open, he breathed a sigh of relief. Clean, well-maintained and small, the toilet was acceptable. 
With so many people on the floor, these smaller toilets were a privilege afforded to those with personal cabins. The majority of the staff used the ones on the other side of the workstations. One of Vikas's indicators for a comfort in a new space, whether it was an office, bar or someone's home or even a hotel, was the toilet. They didn't have to be fancy, just clean and usable. Ordering a meal and eating it alone in his cabin felt awkward. He decided to take a walk. With no real agenda, he walked out of the gate and turned left. Within a minute, he was in a predominantly residential bylane. The buildings looked old and worn, but with each glance into the houses, he saw plush interiors. Luxury cars were parked on either side of the street. He spotted what he was looking for. The stall in front of him occupied the width of the footpath. The two men inside the stall ran a seamless operation. They churned out food for the crowd in front of them with choreographed efficiency. The signboard that hung from the front advertised all Vikas needed to know about their one-item menu. Wet sandwich, rupees 48 red. Fresh out of the well-worn grill, Vikas's sandwich had a stream of melted cheese dripping off its sides. It was messy, but he took it with him. He walked around the neighborhood as he ate. Once he was done, he turned his feet and mined back to the office. It seemed like his lunch break hadn't been long enough. He sat at his desk and scrolled mindlessly through his Facebook feed. He looked up Amina's profile but decided not to send her a friend request. Finally, there was a knock on his door. Anirudh sir is waiting for you in the conference room, the man said. He walked away before Vikas could manage a thank you. The conference room was spacious. It looked like it could hold around 20 people comfortably. When Vikas entered, it was bursting at the seams. There were people everywhere. Some stood in groups behind chairs, some had squeezed onto the couch by the wall. The people on the chairs sat close to the table as a courtesy to those standing behind them. Anirudh was at the head of the table. When he spotted Vikas, he pointed towards the seat next to him, the only vacant spot in the room. Barak sat by his side. He did not look up from his phone. So, we shall get right to it, Anirudh said. Instantly, the chatter in the room died out. Everybody, this is Vikas Das. He will be heading Parag's campaign. Now, some of you might be aware of his work in advertising and we are very happy to have him with us. This will be his first foray into a political campaign, so I trust you will show him all the support that he needs to make this happen. I will be counting on your experience to help him through some of the challenges, but he will be taking all the final decisions on the campaign. Anirudh paused. Vikas looked across the room and waved his hand in an awkward hello. He felt like an outsider who had taken up a role that some of the people in the room aspired to. Obviously, we can't do a complete set of introductions like this. I would like to set up a system where one by one, each team spends five minutes with Vikas in his cabin and walks him through the inventory we have at our disposal and any suggestions you might have. Pratibha, I would like you to take the last slot with your team. This will be the first time he's dealing with political rallies. I believe that will be the longest discussion, so you can do it last. Vikas, Pratibha is the senior most member of the team. If you have issues with coordination and need some help, she will be the person to help you out, even if it is outside of her department, Anirudh said. Pratibha, sitting at the far end of the table, raised her hand and smiled politely. Vikas, would you like to say anything? 
Anirudh asked. I would rather have a conversation with everyone in smaller groups. With so many people, I won't even remember names, Vikas responded. Pratibha set up an order for the meetings. By the end of the day, this process needs to be done, Anirudh said. He rolled his seat back and stood up. Thank you all. Vikas, do let me know if you need anything. Good to have you on board, Parag said. He stood up and walked over to Vikas's chair. He placed both his hands on Vikas's shoulders. We are going to kill it. I'm ready. Whoever wants to drop by first can just swing by immediately. Looking forward to getting this started, Vikas said. There was an awkward silence in the room. Vikas decided it was best to leave the room and let the team figure out the order for themselves. The teams came by to his office one by one. Consistently, they left him pleasantly surprised. The people came from backgrounds very different from his own, but he couldn't fault their eagerness. The introductions began. Vikas excused himself each time and took a moment to put the names in an Excel sheet. Next to the names, he noted job roles. Ritwik, head of social media, Malvika, graphic designer, social media and so on. Ritwik handed him a file. Do we have this in soft copy, Vikas asked. He was not accustomed to information shared on paper. Can we start putting everything in soft copy? Sir, at the end of the day, all our reports need to go out in hard copy. So we all just use it for everything. But don't worry, our old reports all go into recycling, Ritwik said. There is no sir. My name is Vikas. A document titled Media Budget came up. It put perspective to the scale of the campaign he was working on. The numbers were sizable, considering they were just for one city. Only mass-market FMCG products usually bought that much media. The next document surprised him. Neatly displayed in two categories was a list of movie stars, political and industrial bigwigs, sports people and television personalities. Influencer list, the title read. How did we get access to all these influencers? Do we know what their fees might be? He asked. All Paragji's personal contacts. There will be no fee. Category 1 can be used often. They are close to him personally. Category 2 can be used for only important announcements. We will not have unlimited access to them. It will be more like asking for a favour, Ritwik explained. Vikas put the sheet back into the file and nodded. He thanked the team and had them send the next one in. As the day went by, both his Excel sheet and the pile of folders on his desk grew. It was already clear to him that he needed to get used to dealing with the data in physical format. The other major adjustment he'd have to make was his choice of language. A sizable part of the team seemed more comfortable with Hindi. He had to ensure they didn't feel undermined. Some odd facts came to the fore. The video team was separate from the team that handled the TV commercials. The print team for some reason also handled radio spots. The media buying team knew nothing of where the social media inventory came from. It took a while to connect the dots, but eventually it became clear. The tasks weren't allocated based on skill sets. They were determined by relationships. The print team handled radio spots because they had built great relationships with media buying agencies and so on. It was his last meeting of the day. 
Pratibha wound it up. She handed Vikas a list of rallies that were tentatively scheduled. He nodded in approval. You guys seem to know what you're doing. We will have to go over these talking points. I don't think Parag wants to talk about issues. He wants this to be more about his image, he said. I know. We already have had that conversation. She looked over at her team. You all can wind up for the day. Mitesh, make sure we get started on police bandobas for the dates. We will fix the exact locations by the end of the week. The team left the office. Pratibha rolled up her chair to the table across from Vikas. So, how was your first day? she asked. She placed her folder on top of the pile on Vikas's desk. She adjusted her dupatta and leaned back in her chair, placing both her hands on her stomach, interlocking her fingers. It was pretty intense, actually. So, what do you think of all this? Well, I'm surprised winning an election is not about distributing bottles of liquor in the slums on the eve of voting. Actually, that was five years ago. We have moved on to consumer goods now. A toaster with the party's logo on it is more valuable than 10 bottles of liquor. Honestly, I'm pretty impressed with the setup you guys have in place. Everyone seems to have a handle on what they are doing. Did you have a part in putting the team together? Yes, some of it. So, what's your story? How long have you been with the party? I've been here almost four years now. I joined as the PA to the CM speechwriter. Once the CM was elected for his term, Anirudji encouraged me to start writing some of his addresses. It started with appearances at corporate events and things like that. But now I run some small campaigns. I did his drought relief last year. Now everyone has taken a special interest in Paragji's first campaign. I was happy to volunteer for it. The CM and Anirudji encouraged me to be on his team. So, can I assume you figured you would be running this campaign before they found me? I did think about it. But I believe Anirudji knows what he's doing and if he thinks you're the best person to run this, then I trust his decision. Vikas had a joke about being literally politically correct. He decided to leave it in his head. Look, I assure you I'm not here to take your spot. I just want to put out a good campaign. I don't have any long-term plans of staying with the party or in politics for that matter. I was a little surprised at how suddenly you were added to the campaign. Five days ago, I was putting together a strategy and waiting on communication briefs and then suddenly you were coming to run the campaign. That too with a black eye. Like I said, I just want to put out a good campaign and be on my way. You don't need to worry about me taking over any position that you deserve in the long run. I am not worried at all. So, tell me, are you a true believer in what the party stands for? I'm sure you have opportunities in commercial advertising available to you, if you so choose. I have never actually even looked at commercial advertising. It does not interest me. I would much rather be in a place where I can make a real difference. But most importantly, the party has been really good to me. I earn good money to live a comfortable life and send my children to a good school. Most of the days I go home at a decent time. I can cook dinner and still spend some time with my family before it is time for them to sleep. They have really made me feel very comfortable and given me great opportunities. I understand completely. 
I would love a job that lets me off at 6 every day. It's just that I'm not a big fan of politics. You don't care at all? You don't want to make a difference? Are what difference and all? He let his sentence hang incomplete for a few seconds. He was distracted by another thought. Do you He started to ask and then decided against it. Please go ahead. I assure you I will not be offended unless of course you're saying something bad about me. I was actually going to ask if there was a bar around here that you guys normally go to. Pratibha smiled. One minute she said. She left the room. Vikas did not get a chance to ask where she was going. He waited for her to return. When she did, Vikas couldn't help but smile. In one hand she had a bottle of rum. In the other was a plastic bottle of cold soda. Each of the bottles had one glass resting on top of them. She sat back in her chair and poured two drinks. I shall only have one. but you can keep the bottle in one of your drawers it is a welcome gift from me thank you very much the two of them clinked their glasses together before taking a sip his was considerably larger than hers so tell me why don't you like politics well look at what the system produces not this party in particular just the system in general We have leaders that live in the dark ages. All of them supremely entitled. A lot of them behaving like gangsters, literally holding the country ransom to their nonsense. I would want nothing to do with bringing them to power. For all the change you feel you are making, doesn't it bother you when some representative of the party says shit like women are a man's property and they have no right to go out get a drink or leave the house? You know, That is exactly why I feel I can make a difference. I may or may not participate in a campaign that gets such people elected, but some day I will be in a position at the party where I will be able to stop people from saying things like that. If you read any of the manifestos, the party actually does stand for empowerment of women. It doesn't happen overnight, but I'm hoping that one day I will be in a position to make sure such things are not said. Moreover, I can make sure the actual action is taken in the direction I believe in. So, it's basically a long con. I don't understand. So, a long con is where someone plans and plots for a really long time to pull off something in the future. You want to become a politician, right? Run for office someday? Not at all, she responded. I am not a leader. Well, You are leading a pretty big team right now, larger than any I have ever led. This is not any long or short plan. This is my life. My husband and I live with our two children. We don't keep in touch with our family, so there is no support system. The party has become our support system. It will protect us if we buy a house and the builders try and steal our money. If my children are denied education at a good college, if we can't afford the bribes, if there is a medical emergency, with Anirudhji and the CM around, nobody will dare misbehave with me professionally or trouble my family. You might not like politicians, but I know some of them. They are very good to me and my family. Well, it doesn't feel like it from the outside. 
politicians just seem like people you don't want to meet in real life. Really shady characters that you would avoid whenever possible. You know, it's funny, but I think the same thing about businessmen and industrialists. She sipped the last of her rum and put the empty glass down on his table. I shall take your leave. It was good to talk to you. You can leave the glasses here. Someone will clean them and return them to your table tomorrow morning. Vikas didn't linger once Pratibha had left. He packed his things. The pile of folders on his desk was messy. It didn't bother him. At least it isn't fucking boring, he said out loud. It was time to share the events in his life with someone else. He dialed and held his phone to his ear. Nish, what are you up to? Okay, great. I'm picking you up in half an hour. We are getting a drink somewhere in town. I know, I know. I'll tell you. It's a long story. No, no. We have to get a drink early. I can't do a late night. I have a job now. Well, sort of. Just finish work fast. I'm picking you up in half an hour. I have shit to tell you. Okay. Bye. No problem, sir. Main wait kar lunga, Mithun said. Yaar Mithun, jab zarurat padegi, main khud aapko puri raat bithaunga. Aaj zarurat nahi hai. Aap humko baar tak chhod do aur ghar nikal jao, Vikas said. He saw no point in making the driver wait for him. Nishat was already waiting outside the gate of the corporate complex that housed her office. Vikas had to roll down his window and call out to get her attention. What the fuck? She said. Get in. Do your drama later. We'll talk properly once we're at the bar. Please? Your face. Why the fuck are you in a car with the party sticker on it? What the fuck is happening? Nish, just sit in the car. We'll get there and I'll tell you everything. It's a long story. She got into the car, still staring at Vikas. How was your day? He asked. He had an awkward smile on his face. Half his face looked happier than the other. Don't fucking how was your day me? You don't get to small talk until you tell me what the fuck is happening. The hood was easy to miss if you didn't know where it was. Nestled a good 20 meters off the main road, it had been around so long that it had become a landmark in itself. It had always been one of those bars that had regulars, a certain set of faces you could count on bumping into. The two of them walked in. The place was bathed almost entirely in UV light. It was stark and made everyone's teeth glow. The slightest bit of colour that responded to black light burst into life. With some rum in hand and more inside him, Vikas narrated in detail the events of the past few days. Nishad listened with rapt attention and a look of disgust strewn across her face. More than once, she interrupted with, What is wrong with you? Or, What the fuck, man? Each time, she insisted he go back and finish his story. You know, I feel you're just going to start laughing and tell me this is a joke. I know it. Just so you know, it's not even a very good joke.
It's lame and unoriginal, she said. Welcome to my life. I wish I was making this shit up. Are you okay? As in mentally okay? What the fuck were you doing trying to beat up pundits? How fucked up were you? Actually, don't answer that. Garima told me you were hitting on that guy's sister. I was going to talk to you about that, but right now, that seems low on your list of stupid shit. Why the fuck were you trying to beat up pundits? Look at my face, man. They beat the shit out of me. And Garima took me to that party. I didn't even want to go. I just went and drank some wine with Amina. What is she stressing over? I would have called her and sorted it out, but then this shit came up. I'll talk to her. But I do have a job and it pays. At least it's supposed to. I won't know till I actually get a check. Wait, back to that. You can't let them blackmail you like this. You know you can go to the press with this. And say what? I got into a fight with some priests and they offered me a job as an alternative to jail? That cop was talking about non-bailable offenses and shit. What is going on with you? I have never seen you get into any fights in your life, however drunk you are. What is this all about? Do we need to talk about something? It's just been a weird couple of days. He shoved a handful of popcorn into his mouth. How's Harsh doing? Have you spoken to him recently? No, I was actually going to ask you the same thing today. I feel like you're still fucking around. Come on, let me kick your ass at a game of pool. The two of them made their way across the room, carrying their drinks. Vikas appreciated the break in conversation. So, you are now a part of the party. Am I chilling with a party worker? Fuck off, asshole. What if I have a pothole on my road? Can I call you to get it fixed? See, you are fucked anyways. I might as well get something out of it. She set up the rack. The two of them spoke in between shots. The music was loud. Isn't Parak Tare that page three guy? Like a socialite? That's the same guy you are working for, right? Shut the fuck up, man. You can't say shit like that aloud. Don't yell at me because you're his bitch. Nishad beat him comfortably. She cleared the table of all the striped balls before he was halfway through his spotted set. It was something that he was accustomed to. He made a face, but inside he was glad. Something in his life finally seemed normal. So what's it like? Your office? Are you hanging out with all the cool peeps? Not as bad as I thought, actually. Most of them really know their stuff. This Anirudh guy is a bit intense, but seems like a smart guy. But it's only been one day. How worried do I have to be about you hooking up with someone from that office? Actually, more importantly, how worried do I have to be about you becoming a hardcore political guy, running for elections and all? You know we can't be friends then, right? Why not? I look good with one of those white Gandhi topis. Okay, we are not ready to be one of those people yet. Okay? Just believe me, we are not. 
So, you know something that is sort of related? I met Akshay the other day. He was telling me he wanted to introduce me to someone and it would be a great opportunity and all. When I met the CM and his aide, they had seen one of my campaigns that Akshay had sent them. I'm guessing Akshay had spoken to them about me. I'm not 100% sure, but I think he was the one that recommended me for this job. I'm not sure how close he is to the party. I mean, I know he wasn't a part of this blackmail scenario. You think I should talk to him about it and clear it out? Don't be silly. Of course you should talk to him. I'm sure he will be straight up. Also, he is not the one that told you to go to some priests at 5am. Talk to him. I will. Just need this to settle down a bit. Actually, you need to talk to Garima and Harsh as well. While you are at it, might as well talk to Kapil. Just so that he doesn't sulk about it later. But seriously, you are okay, right? I actually am, all things considered. Okay, we're leaving then. We are going to my terrace. I just wanted to make sure you're not fucked up. We don't want you jumping off for something. It would be such a buzzkill. The trip was just long enough for them to share a beer on the way. You are responsible for me not forgetting my bag and making sure I leave by 12. I have a fucking day job now, Vikas said. Once in Nish's building, they took the elevator to the top floor and made their way up a flight of stairs towards a white wooden door. Wow, it's odd when you're the responsible one, she said. The door wasn't locked, but it took some effort to push it up against the strong sea breeze. They walked onto the terrace. Both of them stopped and took a moment to gaze at the Arabian Sea. It was just past 10 p.m. Fifteen stories up, the sound of waves crashing on the rocks below completely drowned out the traffic. The sea stretched out as far as the eye could see. There was no longer a horizon to contain it. It merged with the black sky out into infinity. A few distant lights from fishing boats scattered across it were the only blemishes on the blackness. Nishad climbed the ladder up to the water tank. Vikas followed. She rolled a joint and he opened two bottles of beer. The rest of the conversation stayed away from the events in his life. He appreciated the effort she made to keep it that way. As promised, Nishad let him know as soon as it was midnight. He had one bottle of beer left for the ride back home. They got to their feet and gingerly made their way down the narrow ladder. For all the teasing, he was glad he'd met her that evening. Thanks for the day, man. Really needed it, he said. Sure, get home safe. Try not to land up in jail. <laughs>